Welcome to this week's episode of the Good Luck Club podcast. My guest today is entrepreneur Jamal Brethwaite, founder and CEO of Job Seekers. Jamal, welcome to the show. Hi, Simon. Thank you very much for having me. It's wonderful to have you here. I wonder if you would mind starting off by telling our audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. So um, my name is Jamal Brathwaite. Um, as you said, um, I'm actually 28 years old, residing in Manchester at the moment. I uh, was born in Barbados, a beautiful island of Barbados, um, and grew up partly in the States as well, and then moved to the UK in 2006. Um, when I moved over here, did some studying over here, went to college. Um, after doing that, I actually did Aviation Academy. Um, and wanted to become a commercial pilot all my life. And I did that. Um, went to work for Thomas Cook. Uh, after doing so, I then left just a little bit after um, because I just felt that I wanted something a bit more in my life and also to, I think, give, give, the, give more of myself to the world. Um, and I didn't really feel like I was doing enough, even though aviation and flying is my, my number one passion and love. Um, and then I went off to do something unconventional to to most people have come out like something like aviation and i went to become a um i worked with apco uh, apco group is the number one direct marketing company in the world and we were doing door-to-door sales just basically um you know going in and selling insulation and stuff like that commission only the hard stuff uh and then you know folks were wondering what the hell am i doing um, but it taught me, obviously, how to really become uh, really good at sales and selling um, because it was a hard graft. So I think during that time, uh, we had to obviously build our own team. Uh, and from that, my first startup was born, which was Next Gen Interview, um, which I'm sure we'll get into a little later. Um, and then um, moving on to, to uh, Job Seekers. Wow. Okay. And uh, how old were you when you started your first company next year. Uh, oh gosh what was i <laughs> now we're thinking uh probably like 23 or something like that yeah 23 okay. 22 yeah yeah so when you when you describe your history you 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 that's a quite a long i mean going from aviation into direct marketing first of all what, what a leap yeah. <laughs> i know my parents certainly thought so <laughs> uh, and then uh, i guess then all the way through to i just looked looking at your linkedin and your history it just feels like you've you've done a lot <laughs> Of different yeah, interesting things. Yeah, yeah even to, even today, it's that you've actually got three businesses. It seems like um, you're yes. presently involved in. That's right. And I'm sure that's just what's on LinkedIn. Yeah, that's that is just what's on LinkedIn. I try to get myself involved in, in quite a lot of things. Um, again, my my source main mission really is to is to create value in the world whilst inspiring other people to do the same thing. So, yeah, it's just. Um, trying to spread my 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 wings as, as wide as I can while still, you know, uh, holding myself in the air, I suppose. Mm, yeah, just, yeah. Uh, holding yourself in the air. Good good analogy. <laughs> Do you, um, the plane hold you in the air, I guess, doesn't it? Yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> or gravity. I don't know which one. But uh, I always like to start off the podcast by asking uh, our guests what success means to them so our, our listeners can gauge who you are. Um, I think again, it goes back to 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 success for me is is really my mission, which again to reiterate is is creating value in the world while inspiring other people to do the same thing and obviously much more. Um, I think on from that, it's really a case of m- moving the needle uh, as well towards a more diverse and inclusive world for all, um, and, and then I guess being happy with oneself ultimately, really. Being happy with oneself is an interesting one, isn't it? I mean, happy yeah. is always a subjective word. Very true, because, you know, happiness is, is quite broad spectrum. Like people would say, you know, money doesn't make you happy, for example, which it doesn't. There's a there's a, a rear of different things that is, that is aligned around it, which really brings the happiness to you. And I think one of the main things or two of the main things that one must have to get to that ultimate happiness, um, me being 28, I think that I've reached to a level where, um, you know, I've not fully fulfilled yet, but I, I'm very happy with myself, um, which has given me the confidence to be able to go out and do as much as I possibly can and not have any fear about it. Um, and it's about having a passion first and then ultimately having the purpose. 
Uh, this is the first time I've done a podcast while I'm not actually seeing your face, just for the <laughs> listeners. I mean, most people are listening to this on Spotify or Apple Podcasts anyway, uh, yeah. and we're videoing your site, but I personally am not seeing your face right now. So when you tell me 28, by the way, I keep yeah. you sound so much more mature let's put it that way i mean if i if i was to guess by your voice i'd say this person's in their 50s given your experience as well jumping from aviation direct marketing to running your own business today this is not a 28 year old you you're the yeah. old soul i mean i think it comes down to the fact of you know growing up in barbados as a kid um i, I grew up with very humble beginnings and around my grandparents and a lot of lg folks so when you're around them a lot you're you're kind of i suppose submerged within their conversations and their wisdom uh, that they instilled within you, um, as well as the fact that, you know, it, it, uh, I suppose my particular upbringing made me extremely humble from a young age because, you know, we had outdoor toilets and, and you know, outdoor baths where, you know, you shower at night, you have a, a frog looking at you in the shower. Um, I know to some of your listeners that will sound very bizarre, but that's that was the reality of that time um and so yeah it's uh i i've i think it's a lot of my grandparents and my parents being an only child as well has has brought me up to be uh, i suppose a professional from a young age and thus that's this wisdom and, and the way of speaking yeah well definitely you sound wise then <laughs> and, and just for the record I, I live in north london and uh, i'd rather have a frog than a rat so <laughs> from, from, from from time to time a little rat <laughs> bogus nose up through my through my plug anyway um i think that uh, just just looking at your your career I, I wondered if you know um you know you are so young i say career is still so much ahead of you but do you do you um think of yourself as an entrepreneur or you do you think, and do you think entrepreneurs are born or bred um i definitely do believe uh, i think of myself i see myself as an entrepreneur um i suppose more an, uh, an a world innovator uh i like to call it but um rather they're born or bred it's a good question um i think there may be a natural talent, but you have to really be willing to, I think, consistently learn um, and become committed to lifelong learning. Um, like, for example, I read every single day and night. Uh, I read early in the morning. The first thing I do when I wake is read. Um, the last thing I do at night before I go to sleep is read. Um, about business, about trends, etc. Just trying to educate myself a bit more how to be an entrepreneur. Um, Remember, I, I came from a background which is not at all entrepreneurial. I didn't have any sort of entrepreneurial, um, I suppose, role models in my in my my from my family. Um, growing up, uh, no business owners to be able to look at and say, you know, that's something I want to do. Um, it was just an inert thing, um, and I believe my superpower in particular is really that I see in patterns. Um, again, physics and mathematics is really sort of a major for myself. And so I can therefore, um, again, analyze and I suppose predict where the next pattern will fall or where the next, the next sort of uh, dot will fall within the pattern and work towards it. Um, but that alone obviously wouldn't make anybody successful entrepreneur. Um, but I think we certainly have, I think it's um, an American baseball player. Uh, he said, you know, with all of our strengths, you know, we still have to continue, but hard work beats talent when talent doesn't watch you work hard. So um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a case of, uh, of a lot of different things, but it takes the right person and the right personality, I think, um, more so to really, again, aptitude over uh, attitude over aptitude and stuff like that. Hmm. What about your education? Do you, do you maybe tell us a little bit about that and how do you think um, how do you feel about education as far as being an entrepreneur is concerned, useful or, or not? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it is an very, very important to, to again, for me, learning is a key, right? I tell all my, my, my staff and I, uh, all the people around me and my peers, you know, be a sponge. Uh, it's a terminology I use a lot, you know, soak up as much um, knowledge as, po as possible. That's the old saying goes you know knowledge is power and it's never it's it's it's, it's more true than anything else so i think there's a obviously um a, a real importance to education um do i think for you forget for so that my particular education background um you know grew up in like in barbados and a few other countries 
and did my college and all that stuff. And so academics is great, but I'm also a firm believer that practical learning, i.e. the ability to do something, is just as important as the academic learning aspect, which is really the, the knowledge about something. So I think for me, practical learning encompasses anything really with, you know, that really helps someone master a skill or an ability. And so if um, there are materials and tools, especially like um, uh, your podcast, uh, which can really educate a lot of people and, and give them sort of, you know, that practical knowledge, again, people who might have done it, made the mistakes and learn from that, then yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly something that I'm all for. Whether or not, I mean, I have this conversation a while back with um, the CEO of uh, Social Chain and Steve Bartlett, and it was a case of, you know, do we believe yes or no people should be going to, to university? And uh, I mean, I haven't been to a traditional university in my upbringing, but I mean, I think there's a lot of things that certainly can, um, people have the ability to do something to do. Um, and it can be learned through practical learning rather than an academic one, spending loads of money and coming out with mass amount of loans. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely my issue with it. It's, um, I mean, there's many different ways to learn, right? There's many different yeah. ways to build a network. All of these things Absolutely. are kind of pioneered as if it's the only place you're gonna get a network and, and learn is from university. Absolutely. So starting a business, as you're demonstrating, I think um, it's a, a, a perfectly good way to learn. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but um, yeah, what was there a conclusion to that debate in the end? Was there was there an overriding um, feeling from the debate you had? Um, no, I think we we both agree. <laughs> mm. We 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 um, we definitely. Uh, I think there was just more little things uh, that that were said that you know, I didn't particularly agree with, but overall, I agree with the notion that one shouldn't be going to to, to university and spending. For example, um, I remember in my previous company, Next Gen Interview, we, we had um, uh, someone that we were hiring and they had done a business degree, um, but they didn't have the actual knowledge or practical knowledge really to be able to apply such a degree. But also, I think we have to remember that most of the things that we're taught in universities today or in a day, it's out of date by the time you've come out of university, you know, three years some or, or even more. And so there's a lot of practical learning that it needs to be, to be, I suppose, um, done in order to really get the knowledge rather than just the academic side of things. Mm. And interestingly, in an ironic twist of my own personal life, I, I started my own business when I left school at 15. And yeah. um, I didn't know what I didn't know as I built that business out. And it wasn't until I actually went and worked with Connor's mum, who's doing all the sound here and the podcast and taking care of all, all the videos and stuff. I worked with his mum and learned about business. So finally, yeah. I had to go work with someone. And, and it wasn't my own business that taught me these things because I was in my own bubble. People worked for me. They did what I said, but they didn't mean I knew what I was doing, right? That's it. Uh, yeah. So interestingly enough, going to work for someone that does know <laughs> can be a fascinating yeah. way to do it, right? I completely agree, and and this is why I think I'm a I, I really like the idea of um, apprenticeships, yeah, um, uh, because it really gets that practical sort of knowledge and, and and learning aspect there where you can go and see. The other thing is um, uh, something that I think that needs to be done more of. Again, uh, we run a, a jobs platform, job seekers is really a, a, a job site to mitigate unconscious bias, and it's just a job site, but. One thing that we are looking at in the pipeline is to, to try to do something where, well, okay, we're working with all these millennials and they're on our platform and, and, and you know, Gen Z, Gen Y and, and what's not. But what about prior to that? And I'm a, I'm a uh, what, sorry, I forgot the name of it. Uh, I work with GMCA here in Manchester. And, the, um, and we focus on actually going into schools with the mayor of Manchester um, and actually uh, trying to get schools ready and get their students ready, their younger students ready for the world out there. And part of that is doing place uh, work placements, work, uh, you know, uh, work placements during their, their time in year 11 or year 10 or what's not. And again, them really just um, excited from a young age. Um, I think one of the things that I realize is that there's no sort of um, work experience being done for like, if I want to be a pilot, to be able to know more. The thing is, is that if we peak, I think the, as we say in aviation, you have the aviation spark, you have that bug from a young age. But if we, if we can really sort of get a lot of younger 
uh, kids to be going to these different, you know, um, uh, work experiences within different industries, then we can really see what they want and really sort of exercise their passion um, and, and, and help them to make that decision or that um, acknowledgement of what their purpose is better and faster. So, yeah. I love the concept of mitigating gen bias. Yeah. I feel like I grew up in a family that was actually racist and I didn't realize it until I got older. Oh, wow. um, and <laughs> so, you know, and I, and I, I married to um, a Chinese person yeah. uh, and my son is um, part Chinese. And so, you know, I've, I, I'd like to think in no way am I at all um, um racist for example but i do think there is a gen bias and i do think there's a lot of racism out there but how do you mitigate that within a work environment especially when it's kind of in the subconscious for so many people so so again that that's that's a very good a very very good question and something actually we we were speaking to uh the director of services this morning um for uh metropolitan police um in regards to job seekers down in london and um it, it, it's a question that popped up because the thing is about bias or unconscious bias is that, I mean, it is human, right? We all have it. Um, and so the key is, is that what we're trying to do with job seekers is really focus on mitigating the, uh, that unconscious bias or even conscious, but well, if it's conscious then it's a bit different, but that unconscious bias at the sourcing and screening stage of the recruitment aspect, because when it pertains to work, um, what we'll find is a lot of the, again, a lot of the work has to really be done in the organizations. So the organization needs to pre be prepared to bring on race panels or, you know, gender panels, etc. internally to be able to educate their team to then go forward. But, but for those who aren't really doing that as yet, what we're trying to do is say, okay, well, when a candidate applies to a particular job role with you, um, you won't be able to see, we'll match them for you, but you won't be able to see their age or the influence in, um, you know, uh, the influence in parameters out there like age, gender, um, you know, sex, uh, and all those different things, especially name. Um, but at the same time, what we also do is we say, uh, you know, you can't just stop the buck at, you know, mitigating the unconscious bias because that doesn't really, you don't hire somebody just because, you know, you're unbiased or biased or, or whatever. What you really need to be doing is merging, uh, you know, two big things that really are the glues that hold an organization together, which is that inclusivity, but at the same time, culture. And so what our platform does is actually focuses on not just mitigating of the unconscious bias, but actually screening for culture ad rather than culture fit. And there are definitely two different things because what you don't want is to screen for an organization that is predominantly, um, you know, I suppose, bias, um, and then keep bringing more biased people in. You want to really sort of change that up. And that's obviously if the organization wants to, to that change. Um, so that's what we do we do at job seekers as well so yeah it's uh it's 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 we all certainly have that unconscious bias which is just a lot that we have to do and it's, it's going to be a decision that we have to make ourselves right because nobody can really tell us i mean you then have to this i said to a lot of people to travel a lot because when you travel a lot you start to really understand i suppose you know each other a little better and it comes down to the education. So I, I, it's interesting when you said that you you didn't realize that it was racist from the beginning, but then you now you did because that's that was education, right? Um, and it probably took you to be interacting with a lot of the different people in order to then then see that that difference. Yeah, and well, it's like, to your point, I, I lived in Asia for twenty one years, so I I, lived, I grew up in England, yeah, and it felt almost normal. And then I go live in Asia and realize the preconceptions <laughs> that I was pre-programmed to believe. You know, yeah. For example, that perhaps Chinese people are, you know, communists, right? As if yeah. you know, as if every, every human being is categorized by the government that governs them. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. and so you know, you get there and you're like, hold on a minute, Chinese people are actually really nice. Yeah, and they're not they, so bad after they all. They breathe oxygen just <laughs> like we do. They eat three meals a day. They care about their children. You know, like yeah. hold on a minute. I thought they were all just communists. Yeah. So, I mean, the reality so, is that we're all more alike. We're all more likely alike than we are different. Totally. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, the po- politics divides us, but it doesn't define us, right? So very, very you know, true. Oh, I like but that. I don't want to jump back to what you said because I want the audience to pick up on it, and I and I want to make sure I understand it myself too. Yeah. But when you say cultural ad versus cultural fit, because in startup world we talk a lot about culture, and we say you know this yeah. is the company culture, but I guess cool. that can also be a negative thing. You know, like we talk about it as if it's a positive thing in startup world. You know, your culture. I mean, my last company, Fluid, was bought by yeah. PwC. When I asked them why did you buy the company, I thought they were going to tell me revenue or clients, and they said we. <laughs> bought the culture so well, th- again that's that's that is interesting because for example um i was reading an article recently uh, actually a podcast um i was what, listening to by uh, reed hoffman uh who was a fan of linkedin obviously vaguely heard of him i think my audience yeah. might have heard of him not as famous <laughs> as my podcast of course <laughs> so so reed was saying you know one of the reasons that microsoft actually purchased linkedin was because of the culture um and they had that startup mentality culture and they wanted to bring that back into Microsoft. And one of the main reasons of them purchasing that was to actually bring that in. So it's interesting that you said that because, again, culture is, it, when your organization becomes bigger and bigger and larger, it's very difficult to control the culture because the culture of the company um, is not made up, it, you can't really define, you know, put one thing towards a culture like for, for Amazon, for example, as a company. So large, the culture is going to be so different per department, right? And then you're going to have, but but there are going to be certain fundamentals that will be core to the value of that culture and how it's made up in these particular departments. And so I think, but what, what, what we've always been saying for a long time as a society is let's focus on culture fit. But however, for example, um, Amazon had an issue where um, a couple of years ago, if you remember, um, they were recruiting and a lot of their recruitment, uh, their systems they were so biased to against females, right? Because the algorithm or the applicant tracking system that was used had so many, so much data of hiring males only that it just said, okay, well, yes, the other parameters are tick, but it's clearly you want a male. So we're gonna give you one. Um, and, and so they had to completely scrap, scrap it. And so the culture of the company has to really, I think, um, again, there's, there's a lot that makes up the culture, but it all comes down to a fact of that it needs to change. It's a fluid thing. It's, it's excuse me, sorry. It's like um, a, a what to say tech company. One thing you've learned in tech companies, and and you would know this as well, is that you're never finished, right? It's always evolving, and it's the exact same logic with culture. Um, the culture of a company is always evolving. It needs to be monitored. It needs to be cared for. Um, but that's why we say culture ad now is what's more important than the culture fit because you you don't know, and a lot of people don't know their actual culture, but you can actually be recruiting for fit of a toxic culture rather than an actual, um, an ad to that culture for the, the, the sort of evolution of the company. I think it's a fascinating insight and I, and I feel like um, it should be unpacked more uh, this concept yeah. <laughs> culture ad culture fit mm. it's um definitely a problem I, I saw a whole report about how you know testing seat belts for example was all done on men mm. and it turns out that for women seat belt design is not ideal for saving you know saving well, lives you know and so but it was it's all the data is based on the, the, the men being tested in seat belts so, so in other words even even down to the very basic things that we've got in the system like seat belts for cars and not really um I guess uh, uh, non-gen bias. You know, they are, they are they all have an element of bias in them. Absolutely, which is fascinating, Absolutely. isn't it? I yeah, mean, it, and, and and the thing is, is that something we were working on. So we Job Seekers was um, one of the first companies that was uh, selected onto the GCHQ and Telefonica um, accelerator program here in Manchester. And one thing working with the GCHQ. Um, uh, uh, engineers and stuff was that we, we we want to make this platform very unbiased. However, we have to be very careful that by trying to mitigate unconscious bias or bias, we're not being biased by doing so. Um, and it's a really, really tricky thing to to do. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a case of we really need to hone in on um everyone really focusing on the cultural ad rather than the fit because the fit does not get us where we need to be going in the future 
I think that's really useful for my listeners at that point. I think a lot of people are permanently thinking about culture, so maybe they're making their, uh, you know, what they were, making their offices nice um, and, and making it seem inclusive and open. But I think a cultural ad is really interesting. And I think even my own businesses in the past, you know, I'd, I'd hire people that, sounded like me <laughs> and, and, and because I could get on with them in my mind right and then but adding culture that allows you to then evolve and learn to communicate on many different levels is and, and, and be able to in, include all types of thinking in a boardroom for example is ultimately going to make your company stronger but for a lot of people that's 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 not easy absolutely I mean it's again it's it's something that I think a lot of companies need to really focus on massive moment because otherwise we're going to be back in the same situation that we're now going through again uh, we did um we did a a, a podcast the other day because um, we actually have our own podcast as well called saying the unsaid um and in that podcast we were um speaking to someone uh, one of the doctors who was on the front lines of the nhs and we were saying look we we're faced with two pandemics right now not just covid19 but actually we're faced with racism obviously. Um, and so right now, um, and, and age bias and gender bias and affinity bias more than anything. So there's a lot that we need to now start doing. Otherwise, we're going to end up in a really bad situation. Totally. I will put the links to your podcast uh, in the in the comments of this broadcast. So anyone that wants to go Thank and listen, um, they can. And uh, that sounds fascinating. I'm certainly going to go and listen. I think it's very important for people to get themselves educated around this subject. There's a good first step of uncovering perhaps your own unconscious bias. That's it. <laughs> well, I'm just jumping back to your, your story. So um, I know you mentioned in the opening about going from aviation into direct marketing. And, and, and But what was that moment when you said, right, I'm going to start my own business? I mean, how, how did that play out? I always love my audience to understand how that, how that works for people. It's a, it's a very good question. I think, um, I think it, again, I, you're right. Now you've got me thinking about it, it, it because it was a very scary thing to do because growing up as I did with a lot of obviously, well, with, um, you know, black parents and, and black culture and the Caribbean culture where I'm from, it's, your parents paid for you to all this money to do and do something, you do it, right? It's that whole sort of, um, I suppose, white picket fence dream in the sense of, okay, well, you go to school, you get a decent education, you get your degree, you then go ahead um, and you, you know, you get a mortgage, you get a family, you get a mortgage, you get married, you live the rest of your life, that's it. Um, and I think it, it's just dawned on me that, you know, I've got this, let me try something different. And one thing my parents have always taught me is uh, it's important to have a backup plan. And so I think I did it and, and made that switch for, you know, re removing the, the sort of uh, the comfort barriers and the, the fear of what might be or what, what the consequences would be. And just to try something new because I had the backup plan. Um, and I think it's, it's the same thing with, 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 entrepreneurs a lot of people want to want to be on become entrepreneurs but i which i i implore people to do so but important thing is to know to be able to i think it's you still got to support yourself right you still got to be sure that uh, and leave room for the failure that is that is possible now when for example going through next gen um there was about six months where i didn't do this um and i ended up in my situation of actually you know, going onto the dole and actually, you know, going to food banks and, and have no money into in, in my pocket for, for, for anything at all. Um, and it, yeah, it was just a, a real, a real hard time for me at that time. But I put myself in that situation because of obviously not being able, not having sort of a, another plan to say, look, okay, this is where I'm headed and, and I'm doing this, but, you know, you still need to bring bringing money into into your pockets, you know, whilst you still pursue your dream. Um, so I think it's it's the leap of faith that many need to take. A lot of people don't. Um, it ain't for the faint-hearted. Is something we say. So we say, um, go on, be bold, you know. Uh, but 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 it's not for the faint-hearted, um, and it's certainly not for the weak. So it's something you got to. It takes a lot of courage to be able to make such a bold decision. And I think it's easy easily said isn't it it's easily said yeah. take the leap i mean reed hoffman one of my heroes actually you mentioned earlier um you know he always talks about like jumping off a cliff and building a plane yes. on the way down 
you know yeah i guess the ultimate point is what if you don't build that plane exactly <laughs> good analogy well, whatever, for you as a, as a as a pilot but you know like if or, you, if you, you know, yeah sorry go ahead or, or if you don't have the writing or, or the right the right things to build the plane with right because you could build you could build something that's flyable or <sighs> has the ability to soar <laughs> but you know it might mo- it might not actually fulfill the the real purpose and what it what it's supposed to be doing so well, yeah i mean taking the analogy further you get me thinking if some people don't even know what a plane is when they're jumping off and building one you know they think they're yeah. building a business they don't necessarily know what they're actually building uh, yeah exactly i think i think entrepreneurship in a sense has really been i suppose glamorized um and it's really not that glamorous at all um, I don't you think if things like that. I mean, I've got a friend who's a lawyer. I've got a lawyer. All these law shows, with law shows, where someone walks in and gives some clever speech and walks out, you know, and solves the world's problems. I mean, nothing is as glamorous as these things. But entrepreneurship is both vilified too, isn't it? I mean, there's some elements yeah. of it. Oh, it's so risky being an entrepreneur. Very, very true. And I, very I, true. I, I sometimes say, but I think being being self being employed by someone is more risky. At least you're in control of it if you're self-employed. You're, yeah. you're making the decisions whether to stop or start, and so on. I completely agree. It's, 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 um, it's a case of, I think, you know, you've got to certainly be in a situation where, um, your ex, your, 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 you acknowledge that there is, there is, it's going to be tough, but it's also nothing that you've ever experienced before. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people need to be saying to people who want to go into entrepreneurship, don't expect anything because, it's really it's up and down um because i know a lot of friends of mine are going through um who started my a company the same time i started my first company and they're going through a lot of uh issues at the moment when it comes to depression um and uh, it's something we don't talk a lot about um so yeah so as i was saying it's it's i think a lot of people you know don't talk about the the sort of depression and the the downside and the bads that, that really comes down. We talk about it when it comes to mental health, when it comes to work, but we really, I think we really need to talk a lot more about it when it comes to entrepreneurship. Mm. Uh, because, I mean, I myself went through it, you know, I went through a very just depressive state for sure. Um, that fear of, 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 you know, when, it, when fear really captures you uh, and, and takes you to a place that is, it's like no other. You know, it's it's a place of the of the unknown. You know, the uncertainty, the uh, the place that it's like, oh my God, I've put my all into this. Oh my goodness, I've taken this investment. For example, um, we've raised loads of investments over the years, and it's just a case of I I I love it, of course, for the business, but I partly hate it because it's like you have no way to fail, and if you did, it's, you still have that guilt of I've taken this person's hundred and fifty grand. Oh my God. <laughs> so I know what you mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I feel like the, the, everyone has those emotions. I think being an entrepreneur, the highs are so much higher and the lows can be so much lower. I think, yeah. you know, in business, when people are working for someone, you can have the highs and lows. I see it in people that work with me, for me, and I've seen it in companies. They have highs and lows too. But I think there's always that element of, well, I've still got a salary coming in, for example, or there's the, the certain um, yeah. break your brain moments where like you're saying you, you get the investment there's a high because someone yeah. believes in you and you've got a runway um, lots of plane analogies flight analogies today <laughs> um, you've got you know that fit quite well don't they you've got that runway and ultimately you know that's exciting and then the reality of well I, you know i don't want to let this person down i want to make exactly. it work the responsibility kicks in yeah. and, and so on so yeah it's, it's it's a fascinating one i mean I, I i thank you for being so open as well i think the um, that's part of it but we need to talk about these things more as you say and i think it starts with people that have gone through it sharing their story and i think a lot of people um can relate i mean i i personally had a different experience i i I, my father died when i was 15 years old it made me leave home and uh leave school and i started a company and i put it in a box for 20 years i just worked 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 yeah actually i didn't feel any sort of depression until i got later in my life and then i opened that box up and like oh actually i miss my dad and why have i been working so hard and you know those those things come back to haunt you and, and I, so I think everyone will feel it in, in any business, any journey, but talking about it certainly, I think, is important, as you say. I think that's what I love about what you're doing 
with your with your business as well. I think I think the job seekers, what you're trying to achieve there, it's all part of it, isn't it? Because because I well, think if you're mitigating gen bias, I mean that that also affects mental health. If you think that you're um, cut out from the opportunities because of who you are, that's ultimately going to cause you a mental health issue, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, uh, before commenting on that, it's interesting that what you said, because um, I actually didn't mention it before, but um, as I started, Job Seekers was started in honor of my mother. My mother passed away um, in 2017, um, but we only had about three months with her um, uh, from the moment of finding out until the moment of her passing. Now, I'm a mummy's boy and I lived and I did everything and still do. You know, I love my father, but I'm, I'm saying I did everything for my mum. And so it's it's funny because my missus always says, you know, I don't think you've fully grieved yet. Um, and, 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 I, and I think I, 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 now we're talking about it and you mentioned what you've mentioned. It's t- starting to probably dawn on me that maybe I've started it. I, I mean, I know I started it in her honor because she, this is something that she wanted and she felt very passionate about as well. Um, but I think part of that, now that I really think about it, is possibly also down to the fact that because I've got that entrepreneurial drive from, you know, my first company and everything, maybe packing myself and, 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 and submerging myself into work on a project is my way of going not opening to that grief. Yeah. I, I, you know, everyone's got their process, haven't they? And I think yeah. as an entrepreneur, I mean, it's, um, I didn't realize it, but you're much more conscious uh, than, than I was I mean I was 15 for a start but but I think that being conscious of it and then working your way through grief through I mean a lot of people for example do foundations when they lose children for their children whatever you know they died of cancer or, you know a lot of people then start foundations to kind of honor their children right and then they work yeah. on that foundation I think that to me that makes a lot of sense you know like yeah. you, it's got you've got to find some meaning in the sadness somehow some positiveness my, my mistake was I never recognized it that like right. you are now, yeah. um, I, I, I just assumed the two weren't linked. Mm. But what you're doing, you're linking. I think that's that's very powerful. It's actually a, a way of dealing with the grief, which everyone's got their process. My problem is I didn't recognize it. I didn't talk about it. I didn't even think that the two were linked yeah. until later in my life when I realized they were, of course. Um, and, and again, that, again, one of the things that, that, that going on to what, the, what you did ask was, you know, it fuels the passion for job seekers is because my mother completely believed in, in you know, ha- working towards and building a more inclusive world for all where, you know, uh, and, and then obviously, well, we focus on, I focus, I like to focus on need businesses, right? And it's, and, and everyone will need a job. Um, rather we have robotics come in or not, there will be a job to even manage or maintain or look after the robots. So I think for, for me, it's a case of, I can help the world, and, and I know a lot of people say, you know, we want to make a world a better place, we want to solve poverty. Um, again, taking a sort of slightly capitalist, slight socialist with, with a social element to it, approach to it, you know, it's important, I think, for us to, you know, not necessarily just give the money, but provide a way for people to get money. And that's one thing that Job Seekers is trying to do, but also being able to bring, you know, I suppose, get everyone an equal opportunity to have a shot. Again, we're not saying that, you know, we can do it, do everything. At the end of the day, it comes down to the employer themselves to still make that decision. What we're trying to do is tease out all the problems, the existing issues at the moment within current traditional methodologies to really sort of say, this person deserves a shot at you viewing them, right? Um, you know, rather than me having to fight to be viewed based upon some very, very unbiased um, um, things. For example, we had a situation where, obviously, in America, as we know, if you are went to Harvard, you're more looked upon than if you went to, I don't know, some sort of, you know, Atlanta University or something like that, you know. And, and, and these are the sort of things that we've embedded within ourselves in society, to s- that elitist mentality that really starts to go and, and, and push people back. But imagine, as you said, from the mental health perspective, I've grown up as I have, for example, as very confident person in myself. Just imagine how, what that does to a person 
and your mental health, when you get shot down for saying you're not good enough, right? When you truly, you really are. Mm. Well, I mean, I, I can relate even as, as a you know a young entrepreneur. I remember people yeah. kind of telling me, well, why don't you get a real job as if being an entrepreneur wasn't something special, which I think it is. Yeah, you know, but, you, but, but, but what you're talking about there, I mean, people aren't even hiding it. There are investment companies that listen to this podcast, by the way, so I, you know, they know yeah. who they are, <laughs> that actually only invest in people coming out of places like Harvard. It's crazy. And, and so, you know, to me, that is ridiculous. That's literally like saying we are only going to hire men. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, and exactly. not even being, you know, subtle about it. And, and, well, and, there you go. <laughs> it's, um, you know, it's just ridiculous that that happens in this day and age. I mean, of course, they'll back it up with, well, that's our investment thesis and we can do what we want. Exactly. Um, but, but ultimately, like you say, I mean, actually, in the end, what's interesting about all of this is that anyone that has those subconscious biases ultimately will lose out because they're not yeah. getting access to talented people that have the ability to to succeed. And therefore, if they're investing in them, make them money, right? Back, you know, exactly. Let's, let's link exactly. it back to capitalism. It just makes sense to be inclusive, doesn't it? It, it definitely that, There's a bigger does. world out there. I always remember after the Second World War, people were like, oh, women can go back to the kitchen now, you know, and we're back. The men are back. And there was Man. actually a movement, a political party that said that was a good idea. Can you imagine? Wow. You know, and, and, and thank God they didn't get elected into power. You know, like yes. it, women in the workforce added value to the workforce, right? Absolutely. So, 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 yeah, it's it's just one of those things that seems so bloody obvious, but for some reason isn't happening fast enough. But thank, thank God, you're here trying to make it happen. So, thanks for that. <laughs> I just want to um, just, I mean, we we we're running out of time. I've really enjoyed talking to you, and I haven't asked you half the questions I wanted to ask you. So, I, I'm going to have to have you back on, I think. But, but um, I, I just wanted to go back to something you said earlier, which I think is really important for my listeners to pick up on. I mean, you talked about um, no backup plan, and in, in your context around it was people should have a backup plan and one yeah. of the reasons i love doing this podcast show is because i love debating things that i i kind of see differently which is i always promote this concept of what the greeks used to say which is when you get somewhere you know burn the boats in other words once you get to the place you're going to conquer you have to because you haven't can't go back because you haven't got a boat anymore so yeah. actually my 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 uh, thesis is always being like if you've got a backup plan it's dangerous because but what you're talking about and, I, and i'm not saying you're wrong i find it interesting i'm just interested in that i'll have a backup plan and i think what you're saying is you had an experience where you didn't have a backup plan and you were very honest and said you know then went on the dole you had these difficult times but you know it, i wonder about whether the, the, what that really means in, in, in just could, could you unpack it a little bit more because I, sure. I found it fascinating i, I mean look it what so for example Again, I, I base a lot of my thinking on what Elon Musk would call the fundamentals of logic and first principles. But, but all at the same time, it's that I, this is not just coming from the logical perspective, but also from the perspective of I've been there, done that. And for someone like myself who had no experience within an entrepreneurial world and started a business or a business world, and I taught myself everything you can imagine. I can do the finance side, I can do the HR side, I can do, you name it, I can do the marketing aspect, you name it. Um, and I taught myself those things. However, that's not always, almost always enough, right? To get over the line of success. Um, and that's the thing to say is that, you know, it, it's, failure is is still possible and and you can't and and to, to 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 do the leap as we say of the cliff is to is to say okay well i'm a leap but i you know without knowing whether or not the the, the things that i've got here can build the plane to make me have a smooth landing or a landing at all right um i think that's where we we sometimes go wrong and not everyone is the same and i think it's important to really not we, we i think entrepreneurs like ourselves and 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 you know others and investors and people who have a bigger platform there still has to be a level of a little bit level a level of security um uh, especially if you you may have a family right because i mean what we're doing is probably adding to the problems in the world by not having entrepreneurs, you know, uh, uh, have a, a backup plan, because when you don't, then you're going to do like what I did, which is go onto the dole and, and, and that ultimately causes sort of economic burdens, right? Um, and so I think it's important to really have um, option one and option two, but option two is really at the back of your mind. Option one is really let's go for it and 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 do it but 
I think, take some careful analysis, you know, some logical steps forward to, to be able to do it. You know, so uh, again, what it was baking is starting a business is, I suppose, like like creating a company is like baking a cake, what Elon Musk said, right? So you have all the ingredients uh, and you have to have all the ingredients in the right proportions. Um, and if you don't have those ingredients in the right proportions, you could be baking a cake that's ready to flop. But then when it flops, your whole life is in shambles. And that ultimately adds to everything else, the mental health problems, the 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 family issues you do you, yourself not being able to support yourself all of it so we must still have that sort of backup plan there interesting i i um i think there's a whole podcast episode just on this <laughs> subject because it, it really is an interesting debate because i i i mean i've talked about my own experiences that you know i i've had businesses i have failed i've starved for four days you know and and those experiences have driven me to ensure whatever i put my energy into works and if I cool. hadn't felt that pain, uh, I feel like maybe I wouldn't have known. And if I hadn't felt the gain, for that matter, too, you know, I wouldn't have. There, there's something about like literally not eating, <laughs> yeah, that that teaches yeah. you the value of a piece of bread. <laughs> oh no, I, I definitely yeah. believe that people should go, get I a mean, cake. I'd be happy with a bit of bread, you know. Like <laughs> cakes I mean, at that point was a serious luxury. I, I, you know. <laughs> I can I can I can definitely agree with that because you know there were times that I didn't have I didn't have anything uh, at all and, and it does make you appreciate I com- I I couldn't agree more but but you but we're not in in the world where everyone is like us where we're going to buy hook or crook I'm doing this I'm going to make it work buy hook or crook I'm going to make it work you know and so it's it, you just I think again it comes down to what I said in the beginning right you got to take good hard look at yourself and and realize that failure when you start off failure is an option here and if things are not failing obviously you're not innovating enough but 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 it's an option right um and it, you just got to make sure that you 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 just protect yourself as well as uh um you know shoot shoot for the stars Totally. I'd love to um, have you back on and talk about this in more depth because yes. I'd, I'd love to give people a framework of what that could look like and we could, deba- we could debate it and try and help people understand what a backup plan could be um, and, and, yeah. and yet get that balance of total dedication to making it, what you're doing work. I'd so, be absolutely happy for that. Yeah, I think, I think that, that's a really, I've not seen that talked about much and I think it should be. I think there's always one way or the other, right? have a backup plan, you know, that for example, it could be a job you could fall into yeah. if this doesn't work. But I've seen people have experiences where they're like, well, you know what, this hasn't worked, I'll just get a job. As opposed to like yeah. making that last final fight because you can't get a job. Right. Um, and yeah. so, so I mean, it's, it's that, that balancing act, it's a really interesting subject. We should definitely have so, uh, some time together to talk about that another time. But um, thanks absolutely. for bringing it up and sharing your thoughts with the audience. That's really good. Yeah. I just want to end on a lighthearted uh, note, really. Um, I guess um, when if you went back to your younger self and gave some advice, um, what would it be? And perhaps how old were you when you, when you were giving that advice? Um, it's something that you... I would say something that you you mentioned before your experience in starting a business at a very young age, and for me, I think my younger self, I would I would the advice I would give is to start a business, start business from a younger age. Um, it will allow me, I think, at that time to fail fast and learn faster, mm. um, being able to then get to the ultimate point of hopefully success. Um, but yeah, and I, that age probably would have been probably around I don't know, sixteen, seventeen. Mm. Interesting, yeah. yeah, interesting. Well, thanks. I'm going to sum up what I've taken away from today's uh, insights that you've shared. I've really enjoyed uh, listening to your story and, and your thoughts. But this is what I've taken away for the audience, uh, maybe to, to highlight. I like the concept of travel a lot. I think people should definitely um, take up that advice um, and, and see the world and see other cultures. Don't have a preconception of what different parts of the world are about and the people in those parts of the world are about go there experience it i i think you know this is an off a saying that's often said but i, I like the fact you brought it up um, hard work beats talent 
think there's a lot of talented people out there don't make it just a reminder to those sitting down right now listening to this podcast you might be talented but you've got to work hard um, take advantage of your talent sort of thing equally those that think they don't have talent and I'm one of those people I didn't have that much talent I've just worked hard um, and and so you know even if you don't have talent whatever that means um, working hard can can bring you those talents and to your point earlier as well about always learning always finding ways to to improve and, and grow that's part of the hard work process I think so that you know you have to work hard in the morning to read you have to work hard at the night time to read especially both of us are dyslexic so we have to work really hard yeah to read. Um, I think the uh, moving the needle to ensure uh, more quality in the world that is something I'd like to see every entrepreneur and business have as a an element within their mission statement I think um, we, we can all admit that we have um, unconscious bias um, and yeah. we can blame our parents parents for that um, and and no, but I think it's interesting to at least acknowledge that is there a way you can move the needle to ensure more, more equality as you are doing so I like that a lot um, uh, have enjoy enjoy basically cake yeah <laughs> I think, you know, you're making me want cake right now and I think you know, baking a cake and enjoying it maybe having a backup cake Yes. Or, or at least a, a, a backup lollipop. I don't know. Some 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 element of, of uh, just make sure you have all the right the right proportions. Yeah, all the right proportions. That's an Elon Musk thing. But I'm I'm trying to give you yeah. credit. I like the backup cake piece. And I think sometimes, you know, if you're going to make a cake, what you'd normally do is you'd also be making lunch. So hopefully, yeah. lunch is good and the cake is extra. So there's some some interesting it's interesting anal- analogy around that. I like a lot the concept of uh, culture ad, not just culture fit. I think so many people talk about are you a culture fit into our business but i love bringing that extra sentence in there which is are you a culture ad i think that's that's a really 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 good point and i think people should adopt it um let's fight algorithms um knowledge is power um, but don't let power corrupt is always the line i like to think about and um you know you too can go from um, aviation academy to direct marketing if you want there is no boundaries and uh, Jamal has proven that. So thank you so much for, uh, for sharing your story and for thank being on our podcast show. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Really a lot of fun. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Good Luck Club podcast. I hope you found it insightful and useful. If you did find Jamal's story useful, please give his business a like, drop him a comment and share his story with the world. We know you have thousands of podcasts you could be listening to and you've taken the time out to listen to ours. We feel incredibly lucky. If we can do anything to improve what we're doing here at the Good Luck Club, please let us know. Equally, if you drop us a comment on any of our communication channels, we always reply and we'll be here to help you start a business or help you grow your existing business anytime you need it. Thank you for listening to our podcast show today. Thank you.